Welcome to this online satsang. The Santmat Satsang Podcast, a production of Spiritual Awakening Radio. Today's program is titled Rules for Being Guru. That's different, right? Usually it's about rules for being a disciple. Not too often you hear the rules for being a guru. I actually will begin with some mystic verses from Sant Tulsi Sahib of Hathras and some verses of Kabir, commentary by Baba Ram Singh. And then we'll move on to the teachings of Swami Vyasanand, his rules for being guru. Found in the book, The Inward Journey of the Soul, his first book available in the English language. Welcome to the Santmat Satsang Podcast. Mystic Verses of Sant Tulsi Sahib of Hathras By walking on the path of the saints, one ascends to Satlok, the timeless eternal spiritual region, and then attains liberation. O friend, false sages do not speak from personal experience. They describe the method of attaining liberation after death. True is that which can be obtained now, while still alive. Those who claim to attain salvation after death are impostors. The perfect path is the one that teaches you how to attain salvation while living. Consider the path that assures salvation after death to be like dust, says Sant Tulsi Sahib. And this from Sant Tulsi Sahib's mystic poetry. Make your mind motionless and unravel the mystery. Nothing can be achieved without a still mind. When the mind and senses remain still, seek with your soul. Then you will attain liberation from this ocean of existence. from the satsang discourses of Baba Ram Singh. I've been enjoying these as of late. They've been translated into English. Verses of Kabir and then commentary by Baba Ram Singh. O renunciate, first perfect the practice and then sing his praise. Verse of poetry from Kabir followed by commentary by Baba Ram Singh. This is the Bani, or hymn, of Paramsant Satguru Kabir Sahib. He tells us that whoever has withdrawn their thoughts from outside and fixed them at the still point within, whoever has manifested the Shabad, 
their words are true. They can impart the truth to others based on what they themselves have seen and experienced within. Unless the soul is drawn within and unites with the Shabbat, our words are meaningless and false. Only the one who has seen can say. Another verse from Kabir. Until the spiritual practice bears fruit, we remain bereft of love. Baba Ram Singh. The love will not be awakened until the inner portal opens and we experience the power of the Shabbat within. The door of mind and maya or illusion blocks our way. When that door swings open, the treasure house of love that lies within will stand revealed. If there is no spiritual practice, there is no love. Says Kabir, if we praise the fruit without savoring its sweetness, our empty words impart no glory. Commentary by Baba Ram Singh. If we have not eaten the fruit ourselves, if we have not savored and enjoyed it, then how can we praise its delicious taste? If someone has never eaten the fruit, has never even seen it, how can they sing its praise? Their words are empty and do not shed any glory on the fruit. Such praise lacks the ring of truth. Says Kabir, without the master, we cannot unravel the mystery of the inner knowledge. We remain lost in the false and useless things. Commentary by Baba Ram Singh. Until we have met the perfect Satguru and have devoted ourselves to the practices he enjoins, we remain in illusion. Until we have the first-hand experience of the inner way, all our talk is worthless. We are only squandering our spiritual capital. Our intellect is controlled by ego. Acting on its advice, we believe it is enough to perform auspicious deeds and to avoid inauspicious actions. We waste our lives enjoying the pleasures and suffering the pains, and then we depart from this world empty-handed. We have not received the true knowledge from the Master, and we have not achieved any experience of the beyond. Until we meet with the Satguru, the true Master, what path can we follow? And without knowledge of the right path, how can we progress on the spiritual journey? A verse of mystic poetry from Guru Amar Das from the Adi Granth. The devotees who enshrine love for God within the mind never forget their Lord. Commentary from Baba Ram Singh. They continually sing the Lord's name, Hari Hari, with the tongue of thought. Whoever has attached their attention to that true love within, they can never forget it. The true love resides within us, and if that love becomes manifested even one time, 
it will never slip away from our remembrance. Love is the most attractive power, nothing can equal it. Not the intellect, not the mind, not the outer wisdom. Within us that true love is dwelling. Love is the form of the Almighty Lord. The soul is love and love is the master. So he tells us that when that real love or vira, the pain of separation from the beloved appears within, how could it ever be forgotten? When that love manifests, then our soul remains united with the nam, the sound current, the inner sound, day and night. We cannot bear to become separated from that nam, even for the fraction of a second. Now we are so bound to mind and maya that we can never forget them. But when the vira, the yearning, the longing awakens within us, then in our heart we can remember only the nam. No other thought strikes there. This is the meaning of vira, of yearning, of longing. Maharishi Mehi Paramahans, in his book, The Philosophy of Liberation, says, If one has accepted a teacher and later finds him or her lacking in rectitude, that teacher should be abandoned. In spite of the teacher's exquisite knowledge, association with that teacher is not desirable if he or she is lacking in moral character. The following is titled Rules for Being Guru from the chapter titled The Mantra of an Accomplished Teacher by Swami Vyasananji Maharaj from his book in English The Inward Journey of the Soul a few excerpts from this extremely important and powerful chapter being authentic rules for being guru an accomplished qualified competent spiritual master swami vyasanand many ordinary gurus may be found roaming around in cities and villages and a mantra can be obtained from them however these gurus often do not require their students to make lifestyle transformations nor do they require them to observe strict conduct by avoiding moral sins or spend time in meditation. They sometimes make such unrealistic claims that getting such a mantra will result in enlightenment in three days. In Mahatma Gandhi's words, quote, an unqualified teacher of material sciences might not be so detrimental to the success of a student. However, if the spiritual guru is not qualified, then the student cannot achieve the goal nor have success, unquote. In the words of Maharishi Mehi, through satsang, find a satguru, find a true guru. Without the knowledge attained from a true guru, the path is difficult to tread. 
Thus, many saints emphasize the importance of choosing an accomplished teacher. Swami Vyasanand, in these present dark times, it's very difficult to differentiate between a true, accomplished guru and a false teacher. For most people unfamiliar with spiritual paths, such discernment is challenging. One reason for this difficulty is that it is critical to spend time around a guru to ascertain his worthiness. Those who are able to easily recognize an accomplished guru are rare. The question then is how to recognize an accomplished guru and one who is not accomplished, or worse, one who is corrupt. The difficulty is that most, being mesmerized by worldly attractions, judge gurus by outward and material achievements, which are a wholly inaccurate measure. The true gurus live a simple life and morally upright lifestyle. They stay away from the pomp and show of the display of power. For example, they do not have expensive cars and opulent ashrams. They do not show favoritism among their followers. They do not care about their appearance nor try to impress others through their outer appearance. Today's inept gurus do not pay attention to the tradition of true saints and are simply intent on increasing the number of their followers. They are not judicious regarding disciples, are not selective in imparting their teachings. This all goes against the ancient Vedic tradition of teaching. The one who has no want for the path, how can he impart its knowledge to others? One who is engrossed in the five senses and is a servant of the sensual cannot help the students go beyond the sensual and temptations. How can the guru who is attracted to sexual desires and is ignorant, who is bound by the darkness of ignorance, who does not devote himself to sadhana, meditation practice, who himself cannot sit for an hour with erect body and back and meditate, whose senses are not disciplined, who does not understand the essence of the true guru, who does not do satsang, who is full of deceit, who is away from truthful conduct, who does not do mantra repetition, who does not visualize the form of the guru, who cannot concentrate his mind in meditation, who has no glimpse of inner experiences such as the divine inner sound, who is unable to see his own nature, who does not see his true self reflected in others, who has not experienced the transcendent form of the divine, how can that guru help others? Hence, all of these self-appointed incompetent teachers who appoint their close followers as gurus and those who are students of such gurus meet with great misfortune. These bogus gurus in their greed of honor, prestige, wealth, and fame do not judge the worthiness of their followers. They disregard the power of teaching and the responsibility of initiation. These gurus praise their rich devotees. They are inaccessible to their underprivileged devotees. They even exploit the poor. These pretentious gurus have no ability to see or judge the worthiness of the students because they themselves are blinded by ignorance and cannot lead others. This is important that the teacher pay attention to the meditation technique and to the progress of the students. 
The fake gurus have no understanding of this and are concerned with enriching their own material well-being. During meditation, a practitioner experiences various obstacles, many imaginary experiences, as well as many mental sensations and thoughts, all of which give rise to doubts. The practitioner is unable to determine the validity of these experiences and therefore seeks the help of the teacher. The false inexperienced guru won't be able to remove these doubts of the student, but in fact may create even more confusion in the student. The false teachers themselves do not know the inner path, nor understand the student's dilemma. They cannot tell if the student is making progress or going backward. The untrue guru has no way of knowing. In this way, the student becomes unsure and confused on the path of meditation. This is fully the responsibility of the guru to assist when the student begins to stray from the path of meditation. The realized gurus do not desire anything of this world. Their senses are under control, their mind is unwavering and pure. Ignorance cannot take hold of them as they live beyond the ambit of the three gunas. They do not commit sinful acts and have no selfish aspirations. They are steadfast in their conviction and conduct. They are firm in their principles and morals. They observe inner and outer purity and reside in the inner temple of joy and contentment. They are the storehouse of infinite knowledge and are truly learned. They live a simple life and they represent the essence of truth. They are wise and true yogis. Their essence is the renunciation of a sage. They are always vigilant and honor others. They remain humble while giving praise to others. They are patient and peaceful, treating all equally while being skilled on the path of devotion. They are the essence of all good qualities. They are beyond the sorrows of the world. They are firm in their conviction. They are filled with humility, faith, and charity. They have friendliness toward all beings and are compassionate to all beings. They hold pure love for the divine and become humble upon hearing the praise of the divine. They are delighted by the admiration of others. They do not engage in immoral activities and their conduct is candid and sincere. They love all equally and have great regard for all the great teachers and sages. They hold the true knowledge of all scriptures and tread the path of truth. They spend their time teaching and helping others. They regard praise and criticism equally and commit themselves to teach the spiritual path to others. They are fearless and feel the pain and joy of others. If a person wrongs them, they still wish well for them. They are firm in their spiritual discipline. They always are engrossed in the study of scriptures and are wholly non-violent and peaceful. A mantra received from gurus embodying such qualities can remove the arrow of suffering of students, not otherwise. To show the students the correct path, to help them increase their inner strength, to give them good advice, to keep them on the right path, to assist them when in need, to protect them from obstacles, to bring them to the right path, even using sternness, these are the responsibilities of a true teacher. It is the teacher's responsibility 
to see the student's success in the journey from the beginning to the end. section of Swami Vyasanand's book, The Inward Journey of the Soul, is titled Mantra Practice, Manas Jap, Simran. The guru should always be vigilant about the power of his mantra, lest he lose that power. The guru should be attentive and protect his power from any temptations and distractions. He should also be aware and protect the mantra power of his students. A guru in whose heart the wind of sensual desires has entered, the flame of the mantra's power extinguishes. A mantra given by such a guru with a dark inner self cannot be beneficial to the student. The guru who is the prey of sensory distractions during mantra practice, yet still gives a mantra to others, is essentially giving verminous seed that cannot sprout and cannot produce the desired effects of meditation in the heart of students. In other words, the mantra given by the guru whose heart is filled with impure thoughts cannot remove the impurities in the hearts of others. If the heart of the student is pure, so is the mantra of that guru. If the mantra is given by the master who has inner spiritual power, then the mantra is imbued with power. If the guru's character is pure, then his mantra has purifying power and is effective for the student. However, it is hard to find such a guru. Many lifetimes of good karmas lead to satsang. Many lifetimes of satsang results in the attainment of a satguru, an accomplished teacher. And many lifetimes of serving a sant leads to attaining the world-fear-dispelling mantra of such a teacher, a true teacher. Until you receive spiritual teaching from a satguru, you will not be able to escape the grip of inauspicious luck and will not attain contentment and peace. Therefore, you should carefully choose a Satguru and commit yourself to his service. Through learning a path or method for God-realization, following moral conduct, and performing sadhana, meditation practice, you should make this human birth fruitful and auspicious, says Swami Vyasanand. These are the five jewels, according to Sant Tulsi Sahib of Hathras. There are five real jewels in this world, namely, association with sads, initiates, satsangis, devotees, the virtuous, sadhus, saints, and sages. Two, saran, protection, refuge of a satguru. Three, love, four, humility, and five, compassion.
some of the rules for being guru from Swami Vyasanand's book, The Inward Journey of the Soul. If you're listening to this podcast by way of the Santmat Radhaswami channel at YouTube, simply scroll down to the notes section below for a link to the complete Rules for Being Guru by Swami Vyasanand and some other things, some other quotes there. If you're listening to this podcast by means of some other podcast venue or app, just send me an email. I'll send you a link to the rules for being guru. My email address is james at spiritualawakeningradio.com. Or you can text me at this number 508 603 9381. Visit my website, spiritualawakeningradio.com, where you'll find many resources, embedded podcast players, links to blogs, PayPal, social media, and various podcast sites, Apple, Spotify, etc. spiritualawakeningradio.com. In conclusion, some mystic verses from Sant Tulsi Sahib of Hathras, because as of late, I like ending the podcast with some mystic verses. Today, Sant Tulsi Sahib of Hathras. The one who fashioned this body also placed his essence within it, and thus created this entire expanse of souls. He formed the earth and created the body, along with the seven oceans and nine continents. That Lord from whom all beings have emanated is present within the body. All saints proclaim that the Lord resides within the body. He who is far beyond both the physical world and the cosmos resides close by and is ever-present. His secret can be obtained from the sans. By raising one's consciousness, one reaches there instantly. He who ferries us across this ocean of samsara, this ocean of existence, is the merciful master, the all-powerful benefactor. The guru is the shabad and the disciple is the soul. Only the disciple who attunes himself to this guru attains union. This guru is himself the Lord, unfathomable and limitless. He is beyond both the physical and causal planes. He has no form, appearance, or body. Only upon meeting this guru does a disciple attain liberation? Mm-hmm.